Paleo Runner podcast is devoted to finding better ways to live, run, train, and eat. I'm your host, Aaron Olson. You can find more information by going to paleorunner.org. If you enjoy the show, please go to iTunes and leave a review. Search for Paleo Runner in iTunes and click ratings and reviews. You can also follow me on facebook.com slash runpaleo or on Twitter at runpaleo. I wanted to take a minute to let you know about a product I've been using called 3Fuel. 3Fuel is a sports drink that gives you fat, protein, and carbohydrates to use as a fuel source. Unlike sugar sports drinks, 3Fuel gets absorbed slowly into your bloodstream to give you sustained energy throughout your workout. If you'd like to give it a try, you can get 10% off by using the coupon code 3FOLSON. Go to paleorunner.org and click 3Fuel at the top of the page. If you're listening through the podcast app on iPhone, click the link displayed on the app right now. My guest today is Olaf Sorensen. Olaf is a marathon runner who follows an extremely low-carb, high-fat diet. He's attempting to run a 2.40 marathon and beat his grandfather's Olympic qualifying time of 2 hours and 40 minutes. Olaf, it's great to have you on the show. Great to be here, Aaron. Yeah, Olaf, I saw you on David Perlmutter's blog, who is the author of Grain, Grain Brain, and uh, he, he had a picture of you running with him. How did you get to know Dr. Perlmutter? Uh, well, it all started with uh, me trying, uh, attempting to run this marathon in, in two hours and 40 minutes. Now, that time is my grandfather's qualifying time for the Olympic marathon mm-hmm. in 1952. So that's how the whole idea started that I wanted to attempt that. Uh, that has then turned into a concept, an idea for a movie. And part of the reason I think I can do this is because I've started using a ketogenic diet over the last many months. Mm. Um, and as you know, Dr. Perlman is one of the authorities on a ketogenic diet, uh, especially related to brain health. So I really wanted to have him uh, in the movie. Mm. And when we took that photo about, oh, I think about a month ago now, that was when we went down to interview him for the movie. And we also did a, a short run together. Okay. So are, are you a filmmaker? What got you started on this idea of, of making a movie? Well, yes and no. Uh, a friend of mine is a filmmaker, or friends of mine are filmmakers, and I was mentioning the idea to, to them, and um, they thought it'd be a, a great idea for a movie. So we uh, we talked about it and, and talked about the ideas that I had, and, and um, a big part of it was the ketogenic diet that I was excited about. Mm-hmm. So then we, we requested an interview with Dr. Perlmutter, which he, he granted us, but we also worked with um, the Human Performance Lab at the University of Florida in Gainesville, and they pretty much uh, tested me for, for two days, and, and we filmed all that as well. Oh, that, that's going to be really exciting to see. When is that film coming out? Well, we're just making it now. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at this attempt could take anywhere between 12 months to two years. Um, so right now, what I've, what I've done with my running, I've gone right back to basics and, and building a, a solid aerobic base. So, so all my running right now is, is simply a lot of slow running at a low heart rate mm-hmm. and, and then sort to try and, and really rebuild myself and get a more solid base. Great. So it sounds like you have some history running because your grandfather was uh, an Olympic qualifier. Uh, when did you get started running and, and was he influential in you getting started? He sure was. Uh, I mean, running's always been in, in my family. Um, personally, I've never really competed a lot. Uh, it's always been middle distance, but, but running's always been around. But then um, three years ago, I got introduced to four foot running. And, and that's when my running really started taking off. So I mentioned that one of the reasons I think I can do this is because I discovered the ketogenic diet. Mm-hmm. But the first catalyst was actually because I discovered four foot running. 
And these past three years have been, been quite amazing just seeing and, and experiencing what I could do, especially now compared to then. Mm-hmm. So you started with the idea of sort of a minimal running. Uh, did you try out the Vibrams or what got you interested in that? No, the, the introduction I got was the DVD called um, Evolutionary Running. Mm-hmm. And I pretty much, that, to me, that was a no-brainer. So the next day I was out running grass sprints on, on a football field and I, I never looked back. Uh, what I did do wrong, though, was go too quickly into it because at the time I just ran my my uh, my second ultramarathon in, in, back in Australia. Mm-hmm. So I was in a pretty good state of fitness. So I more or less just continued what I was doing but, but on running forefoot. Mm-hmm. And as anybody who's done that would know that that's a sure way to injury. Right. Um, but nevertheless, I persisted with it, and and it's not till now that I reckon I'm I'm sort of fully adapted to it, and I can pretty much run as much as I want. Mm-hmm. So you said that uh, this idea of forefoot running was what got was the catalyst that got you started. Um, how does that relate to the ketogen the ketogenic diet in any way? Well, that was the the forefoot running was where I saw the big improvement in my running. Obviously, it was it was less strain on my body. I recovered quicker, and and I started putting two and two together. That was the the big thing. Um, I always have an interest in nutrition, and I've always eaten a lot of eggs for the last probably fifteen years, at least five a day. Mm. And uh, this summer just gone, that's when I found Gary Taubes' book, While We Get Fat. And and that really gave me another insight into to the metabolism and fat metabolism especially. And then a few months later, I found Dr. Perlmutter's book, um, Brain Grain, Grain, Grain Brain. Mm-hmm. And that was where I then went. I was almost off bread, but the Grain Brain got me completely off of gluten. And that really was another catalyst for, for the fat, fat metabolism working even better. Mm-hmm. Like right now, as we speak, I've just um, I went for a 20-kilometer run this morning, mm-hmm. and it's about midday, and, and I haven't eaten since about 7 last night. Um, and I'm still not, not really hungry. So it's just, especially since I went off gluten, uh, it's just taking another leap forward where it's, um, yeah, especially for, for, for running, I just, I never really run out of energy. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Um, what, what, how long has it taken you to adapt to this higher fat style diet with your running? I mean, and what are you seeing as, as you're going forward with it? Are you getting more and more adapted to it or have you become adapted already? Well, when I was tested at the University of Florida, part of the test was a VO2 max test. And as you know, what they also measure is your, uh, what do you call it again, your ratio. Um, your respiratory exchange rate? Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's, I think, or your RQ, I think it's called. But they basically measure how much fat or carbohydrate you're burning. Mm-hmm. And as I got on the treadmill and standing there, uh, we did the VO2 max test in the afternoon. And I'd done a fair bit of running that morning morning on another treadmill for some other footage um excuse me one second so that was about three in the afternoon and i pretty much had two boiled eggs for 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 breakfast but as as i was standing there waiting for the the vo2 max test to start uh the doctors there go holy hell you're just burning 100 percent fat (laughs) and the the rq number they said which is should be should be impossible to go under is 0.7 now i was 0.6 Huh. They said they'd never ever seen anybody do that. Uh, they would, you know, even you even get taught in, in medical college that it's impossible for humans to go below 0.7 because that's pretty much 100%. So I mean, that was that was nice. I was hoping for something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I think that the real catalyst really came when, when I went completely off gluten. Mm. That was when it got even better. I mean, uh, at the University of Florida in December, that's when I was ever tested for the first time. But I could see my running, uh, you know, n- never running out of energy, going for these two, three-hour runs in the morning and not really being hungry or, or ever running out of energy. Um, some of these were even sort of hard interval stairs training. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this whole idea that... You know, you can only use fat to a certain intensity. Uh, certainly holds holds true. Um, but but what I've also discovered, sort of through other studies, it seems that uh, if fat becomes your preferred fuel, you can then switch between the two in a run. So if you're doing stair intervals, you might tap into your glycogen every now and again. But as soon as your you, your heart rate drops down, you go back onto fat mm-hmm. if it functions properly. Okay. And where I started burning more than 50, 50% fat was at about a heart rate of 155, 160. So uh, it was pretty high fat burning up until even that heart rate. Well, that's got to be pretty exciting to see those test results. How long had you been following the diet, the higher fat diet at this point? Uh, probably really intensely for, I mean, I've, I, I sort of discovered the Atkins diet probably 10 years ago and that's when I really cut down on carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still there in form potatoes and, and, and some bread. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was sort of aware of it, but I never really studied deeper into and understood what was going on. So I'd say in the last six months is where I've really tightened up. And then in the last uh, three months is where I've been off gluten. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've just seen the improvement, uh, you know, just cutting out more and more carbs. I pretty much the only carbohydrates I eat now is green vegetables. And if I have fruit, it might be half a piece a day. Okay. So give the listeners a little bit of an idea of what your marathon times were before you tried this higher fat diet. Well, I've actually, I've never run a marathon yet. Um, oh, really? I've, okay. I've run four ultra marathons. Um, okay. I've run the two two marathon ultra marathons in Australia of 56 kilometers and then the last two years I've run the marathon in Mexico for um, 85 kilometers or 50 miles. Okay. And, and that's the race uh, that was uh, featured in the book Born to Run. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I went there for the first time two years ago to run that and then again last year. So you really you're not quite sure um, how fast this uh, how <laughs> difficult this is going to be. It sounds like. I mean, no. you have any idea what kind of shape you're in from any uh, road races or anything you've done? Well, I've done a few uh, half marathons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a half marathon this summer, um, which I ran in one twenty six. Mm-hmm. So that, I suppose that's a that's a guideline, and and you know that felt that was that was uh, pretty much when I was at keto adapted, and and I think it's the easiest half marathon I've ever sort of run. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it needs to be a lot faster than that to to get down to two forty. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so yeah, it's a long road. I'm not expecting to do this in in six or twelve months. Um, I, I do realize I have to rebuild myself as a runner because it's it's very different than running a even the ultra marathon. I've run twice the distance. It's it's very different, you know, running half the half the distance, but a lot lot faster. So yeah, yeah. what kind of mileage are you doing right now? Uh, I'm probably doing about just reaching over 100 k's a week, so. 60 miles. I sort of plan to build my base up to about where I'm doing a bit over 100 miles a week. Mm -hmm. And you said this morning you went out for 20k and you felt no need to eat carbohydrates or anything like that. You had plenty of energy. Is that something that you find on a daily basis that you don't have to consume a lot of food in order to feel yourself? Yeah. um, I mean, I had dinner dinner last night, uh, not even that big a meal. Uh, And then I, I never eat before I run. And yeah, I never really, I never really run out of energy, especially with this sort of long and slower running. It just seems like 
it's not a bother. And I mean, normally I'd be ravages and want breakfast by now. Mm-hmm. I can certainly eat, but it, it's 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 not essential. No, like I, I have been there where I've gone, we go bonked or hit the wall, mm-hmm. uh, but it just doesn't happen anymore. Wow, that that's really exciting, and I'm I'm so looking forward to see what happens. Um, do you have uh, do you have any plans to run any uh, marathons leading up to this 240? Or are you are you just gonna put all your eggs in one basket? Well, I'm pretty much putting all my eggs in one basket, you know, studying different training methods and, and, um, and I suppose that's the third reason I'm confident I can pull this off is, um, it's really going back to the training principles of, uh, Arthur Lydiard, which is a famous New Zealand coach back in the seventies who advocated a, a, a strong base. Now, even though I've, I've run these ultra marathons, I still believe that I probably never really built that solid aerobic base. Mm-hmm. And the other book I'm following is, um, uh, big 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 book of endurance philip Matheson. Yeah. phil phil Maffetone. yeah he's been on yeah, the show phil Maffetone. yeah so his principles of working at low heart rate for a long time is pretty much what i'm following so mm-hmm. and I, I i gotta admit it, it's i've sort of done it solidly for about a month and a half now working at just nothing but a low heart rate and it's just not taxing the body and i can just keep putting up the mileage and I don't need to go for a mid-morning nap, you know. It's mm. just uh, become good. So, um, But, yeah, it takes a lot of patience, I think. That's great. So give me an idea of what kind of foods you're eating on a daily basis and are, 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 there, are they satisfying to you? Are, do you feel like you're missing out on anything when you're eating this way? No, uh, they're very satisfying. This is the thing, you don't have to go hungry. Um, I've sort of chosen to, to get stuck into the intermittent fasting. So I pretty much only eat twice a day. Mm. And so for breakfast, uh, depending on, on my run, I'll have anywhere between four and six eggs. Uh, I might even have uh, four or five slices of bacon, mix that in, fry it up with some garlic, ginger, um, mushrooms. So it becomes quite a substantial meal. Um, mm-hmm. Put as much olive oil or coconut oil in, in as I can. <laughs> and um, the only beverages I really drink is, is coffee and water. Uh, I never have fruit juice. Um, have heavy cream in my coffee. And then if I do snack during the day, it'd be something like macadamia nuts or another boiled egg. And for dinner, I usually have um, you know heaps of green vegetables like, like broccoli, um, kale, uh, green beans, anything green really. And like Dr. Perlmutter uh, mentioned, you know, you want to stick to the above-ground vegetables because they're low in carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. So it, it does seem to really you get a you get a real. T- I probably eat more vegetables now than I did before, um, and, but maybe a little bit even less protein. Uh, if I have, have the six eggs a day, that that sometimes satisfies my my, my protein need okay. and my craving sort of for it. Mm-hmm. But it's another interesting thing when you look into the metabolism of. of um, of when you're running on fat, uh, you, you need for protein diminishes because mm-hmm. you're preserving more lean body mass. So I've noticed all these things come along. Um, so yeah, before I could eat a huge steak, but but now I, I prefer half a steak and more more vegetables. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how about your body composition? How has it stayed the same? Has it has it have you gotten leaner? Were you always lean? What, what's that? What's that like? Uh, I've pretty much always been lean. I had a, a body fat test at the University of Florida, which was I think sixteen percent. So it's not ultra low. Mm-hmm. Um, but my weight has really been consistent for years, really. Um, and the last six months, just a few times I have weighed myself. 
it, it's very consistent. Mm-hmm. So, but this is what you, when you sort of study what happens with, with um, you know, that it seems like there's a natural level body fat composition for all of us. Mm-hmm. And I've always been lean, but I've, I've never been extremely low body fat. So mm-hmm. I think this is probably what is, is um, my normal composition, which is not ultra low, mm-hmm. but, but um yeah, it's obviously not excessive either. So right, okay. So you know, uh, what what do you have coming up as far as as racing? Are you just planning on training uh, for six to twelve months and then starting to race, or you know, because uh, I'd like to follow your progress and see how you're doing. How can we keep up with you? For sure. Um, well, look, we're probably going to do more testing at the University of Florida somewhere around March, um, and I hope to be sort of finished with this low. Um, with a aerobic base building somewhere around uh, May, June. Mm-hmm. So I was hoping to do some maybe some half marathons this summer. Mm-hmm. But up until then, I'm planning pretty much to stay at a at a, at a really low heart rate. So, But the <laughs> testing in March could be interesting to see because I'm probably going to do another VO2 max test. Okay. So, Soren, you're, you're also a minimal runner as far as minimal running shoes. Um, and, and you got into that and you said that really, you know, helped you kind of help improve your running. What kind of shoes are you wearing right now? I'm mainly running uh, Luna sandals. Uh, they're a company made in, uh, they make uh, these running sandals based on the principles of the Tarahumara in the Copper Canyons of Mexico. Mm-hmm. So they're really sort of light, lightweight sandal. Um, just basically a, a piece of rubber and then straps straps to your feet. Right. So they they sell them as as a, a adventure sandal, everyday sandal. But the original um, original making of it was was uh, based on the principles from the Tarahumara. If you heard a barefoot Ted, yep. obviously. Oh yeah. Um, I've run with barefoot Ted a couple of times. The last couple of times in the Copper Canyons. So he was actually the one who brought the idea. <laughs> Back back to the US and they start the company in in uh, in Seattle. So they've been very good to me and, and helped me out. So um, yeah, I, I, that that's really is my preferred running shoe because there's no restriction to the feet at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, and it's a nice feeling getting air around around your toes. So um, I run into them as much as I can. If it, if I'm in a colder climate, I prefer the Vivo barefoot shoes mm-hmm. uh, because they're just like a, a soft shell around your foot. So it, it's really they're the only two I've found. I've tried other brands, but they seem to have a, a thicker sole or be more stiff. So I, I really stick more or less religiously to, to these two footwears. Mm-hmm. So as far as getting into those uh, barefoot sandals, how do those work as you're running faster? Are they good at all speeds or? Yeah, it's it's simply a matter of just adjusting the straps. Uh, I always get asked, you know, doesn't the strap between your toe hurt your feet sometimes? But no, it's you, you sort of got to think the straps just hold that sole to your, your feet, and you just it's just a matter of adjusting it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran my half marathon uh, this summer in in the sandals in one twenty six. And there's some really good runners out there that, that have done some, some pretty amazing times in the sandals. Um, there's a guy that comes running with us in, in the canyons, Patrick Sweeney. Uh, he's run some amazing times and he runs only in sandals. He's done even like a, a 5K in 16 minutes. Wow. Uh, so, so you know, I think I've, I think he runs like a 2.30 marathon. I think I've heard of him. So yeah. Is yeah, that, he is runs, that correct? Yep, yeah, he's got very fast times. Mm-hmm, and, yeah. uh, Interesting. So, so do you have any tips for people if they want to try out the minimal type footwear? You said you got injured at first. How can you prevent that? Well, you really just got to start slowly. I mean, I think the whole key is is letting your, especially your lower leg adapt. I'm talking about mainly your calf muscle and Achilles tendon. And 
they're definitely made for it, like a natural shock absorber. But if you've never ran that way, you have to build up the uh, like the density or the, the strength of the Achilles tendon, and the same in the calf muscle. So I've taught a few people how to start this, and we just go really, really slowly, like it's almost slower than a brisk walk, and, and you just run very slowly, landing on the ball of your foot. Um, and I just say, look, it's going to take 12 months, in my opinion, to really to build that tissue up. Mm-hmm. So that that's really my my recommendation, and we start off at three times a week, run ten minutes each time, and then really uh, add five minutes a week. That's mm-hmm. how slowly I think you should start. And even with experienced runners, I would do the same because it's it's totally different muscles you use when you run uh, minimalist or forefoot than if you're heel striking. So whether you've never run or you're already experienced, I would really start slowly and, and yeah, take somewhere six to 12 months to, to adapt. And then as far as the diet, how do you get started with that? I will just cut out uh, carbohydrates. <laughs> That's really as simple as it is. Cold turkey? Yeah. Uh, and it, it's, I mean, the main ones are your, your bread, pasta, rice, and potatoes. That, that's sort of your big or big culprits. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you, you have to remember, you don't have to go hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, you can eat as much as you want of everything else. Um, but it's just because carbohydrates are so addictive. I mean, it's basically sugar. That, that's why it can be hard. But you don't actually have to go hungry. So you just got to get over the addiction. Uh, definitely cut out. You know, don't drink anything else but water, really, for, for a start. Mm-hmm. That should be your only beverage or coffee and tea. But, you know, soft drink, fruit juices, stay away from it. I mean, the, the, the quicker, the more cold turkey you, you can do it, um, the quicker you're going to get into ketosis. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, but, and, and what also happens, you will lose, it, you got to think of the, the carbohydrate, this sort of real taste for it as an addiction. But now I've, I'm starting to lose my taste for, for sweet stuff. Uh, the most I have, I said, it is half an apple or half a pear or something a day. But it's uh, you don't really crave that sweetness anymore. I mean, that's enough sweetness and it's satisfied. It's almost like your taste buds or your body starts to reset. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you don't get a huge sweet craving. And, and, and the things that weren't so sweet anymore are now a lot sweeter. Mm-hmm. So, so You mentioned there ketosis. Do you measure to see if you're in ketosis? I actually, uh, yeah, I, I do sometimes have the, the ketosis sticks. Um but I don't use them that often, really. So my big confirmation was when I was tested at the University of Florida. Mm-hmm. But if I can feel that I got plenty of energy, I don't really worry too much about testing. Sometimes out of interest, but yeah, not really too much. You'll sort of know when it's happening. You know, you either got energy or you don't. <laughs> <laughs> was there a leg period of? I I know you said you had uh, dabbled with the Atkins diet for uh, about ten years. So was there a leg period where you felt for a week or two kind of um, sluggish or anything like that, or was it fairly easy for you? Uh, well, the, the Atkins was sort of probably, it was sort of working, but I wasn't probably that aware of it because I look back now at some of the runs where I tried to fuel up, uh, like some of the ultra runs, um, where I wasn't actually that low on energy, but I thought I had to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did also run out of energy, some of them, so it would have sort of been half working. And then what, what you start to learn is that when you take these gels and stuff, it actually really interferes with your fat metabolism because your insulin spikes and a lot of that gel you might not even get the, the benefit of because uh, it spikes your insulin and then a lot of that goes to fat storage plus it blocks your fat metabolism mm-hmm. so that you know taking one of these gels during a run could really yeah make, make you crumble if, mm-hmm. if you're sort of already halfway there in burning fat if that mm-hmm. makes sense yeah yeah so but yeah just to, to answer your question um 
said it wasn't really till six months ago I, I sort of really got serious about get, getting proper into guitars, understanding how it worked. But no, there was never really, um, there was never not really a lag period because I think I was, you know, 75% there. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of cutting out a bit more. Mm-hmm. And then it just took another nutch with, with getting off gluten as well. Mm-hmm. And are there good fats and bad fats? I mean, um, you know, I've been told that the industrial seed oils, things that are in dress, uh, like salad dressings you should avoid. Do you gravitate towards certain kinds of fats versus other? Versus Definitely. other fat? Absolutely. I'd, I'd never ever touch the, you know, industrialized oils, like the cheap cheap oils. They're pretty much toxic the way they're, they're produced. So the only oils I, I really um, have is uh, good olive oil when I can get it. Otherwise, butter and coconut oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I really consume as much as I can of them. Like sometimes, depending on, like now I'm here in, in Colombia, it's a bit hard to get all the food you want all the time so but i can sort of sometimes get decent butter so i'll I'll fry my vegetables with half a stick of butter Mm -hmm. um and you can usually always get eggs uh avocado is another really good uh energy source for fat Mm -hmm. so in a nutshell you know i just try to have much fat every meal uh as as i can of those good fats Mm -hmm. Uh, good bacon if you know where the the bacon comes from uh, to give you an idea, I was in Europe, in Denmark this summer, and there you can buy organic pork fat, smoked. So it's like uh, the <laughs> bacon without the meat. It's pure fat. <laughs> and uh, I used to fry that up and, and, and have that, but I sort of fried it up with a lot of vegetables and, and had it as a, as a dish with everything else. Um, you get a real, you get a real sort of taste and, and craving for fat on this diet. Mm-hmm. So I suppose that's that's what your body runs on. Mm-hmm. But it, it's sort of it, it's self limiting how much you can, you know, you just eat till you're satisfied, and then that's it. So. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Well, you know, I, I googled your name before this interview, and I there were the, I couldn't find a lot of stuff out there. So I think you should either start a blog or or come back on the show every every month or two and give us some updates. Yeah, I would love to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. We're just in the process of um, getting ready to launch a, a fundraising campaign for the movie. Okay. So that that's going to hopefully happen here in the next couple of weeks. So we'll we'll have a website website I've been, I've been running there, and there's just been a lot of stuff going on just lately with with getting everything organised. Great. Well, Olaf, uh, I I wish you the best of luck with everything you've got going on, and uh, thanks so much for being on the show. No worries, Anne. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to another Paleo Runner podcast. If you like podcasts, you're also going to like Audible.com. Audible has over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Kindle, Android, or MP3 player. If you'd like to get a free audiobook download, go to audibletrial.com slash paleorunner or click on the link displayed on the app right now. Thanks for listening.